Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, Major Junior. Hey, Connor McDavid of the Erie Otters. Matt Barzell of Seattle Thunderbirds. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. I'm Braden Holpe for the Saskatoon Blades. This is Gabriel Landeskog. I'm playing for the Kitchen Rangers. Hi, this is Sean Couturier from the Drummondville Voltager. Carter Hart of the Everett Silvertips. This is Taylor Hall of the Windsor Spitfire. Nathan McKinnon from the Halifax Mooseheads. NCAA. Hey, this is Jack Eichel. I play at Boston University. It's Alex Turcotte. Hey, it's Kale McCarver. Hey, this is Jack Drury. Hey, it's Kyle Connor. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Denver University Pioneers. It's Morgan Barron from Cornell University. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hello, this is uh, Jerry York, the coach at Boston College. The World Juniors. My name is Andres Fischko from uh, Team Russia. Hey, it's Joel Ferby from Team USA. It's Norris Sider from Germany. I'm Philip Broberg of the Team Sweden. It's Ellie Paul Lennon. Hey, it's Nikolai Ehlers. It's Matt Sogard. Hi, it's Timo Meyer. Hi, this is Jordan Edwards of Team Canada. The NHL Draft. This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Hi, it's Gordon Bicep from the Sudbury Wolves. Connor Derry from the Camelot Blazers. I'm Alexander Holtz. I'm Lucas Freeman. Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit. Dylan Holler from the Wisconsin Badgers. Hey, it's Jake Sampson. I play for Team USA. Brady Schneider, Caden Dooley. Here's Marco Rossi. I'm from the other sound. And more. Excellent! This is the Pipeline Show. Four 2021 Draft Spotlight segments on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show will help you get to know four more players that you need to know ahead of the 2021 NHL Draft. Welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Guy Flaming. If you're a returning listener, then welcome back. If this is maybe your first episode ever of the program, then uh, welcome aboard, and I hope you'll be back for more. And, of course, those of you who are patrons and helping support the show, I really appreciate that support. And uh, Hope you're enjoying things wherever you are. Uh, if you are in the western half of North America, uh, if you're anything like me, you are melting right now. It is scorching hot. Here in Alberta, it's uh, upper mid-30s Celsius, which is getting close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that is not the norm in this part of the world. Uh, but I look a province west of us in British Columbia, where they actually set a record for the highest temperature ever recorded in Canada just this week at 47 degrees Celsius. That's that's dangerously and ridiculously hot. Um, so I hope everybody, wherever you are, if you are suffering right now with this heat wave as well, uh, I know there are some people who actually enjoy it this hot. Uh, I am not one of them. Do not count me in that category at all. 20 degrees uh, or you know somewhere between 10 and 20 degrees Celsius. That's me. That's where I. That's my comfort zone. Um, this is almost twice as hot as I like it. So, let's get right to the uh, the program. Just uh, some quick news and notes. The Hockey Canada has announced their uh, management group for the uh, coming season at the U17 level. It will be uh, Philip Boucher from the uh, Drummondville Voltageur. Uh, Peter Anholt of the uh, Lethbridge Hurricanes is in charge of the U18 squad, and James Boyd, who comes from the Ottawa 67s he's going to head up the U20 squad of course the upper management uh, still all the same Tom Rennie Scott Salmon Alan Miller and so on and so on Canada not taking part in the Ivan Holinka tournament this uh, this summer and uh, does not look like they're going to uh, Plymouth either take part in the uh, summer world junior showcase with the United States and Sweden and Finland Speaking of which, uh, Team USA has announced their camp roster for the, the summer showcase. Uh, the four goaltenders who will be there, Aiden Campbell, 
who played in the OHL for the Erie Otters. Tucker Tynan, also an OHL goaltender with the Niagara Ice Dogs. Remember, Tucker Tynan was the the goaltender who suffered that big laceration on his thigh. Boy, I want to say that was in 2019. Of course, nobody in the OHL played last season. And uh, his season before that, his draft season, uh, cut short because, and sorry about the pun, but because of that uh, that laceration. So it'll be good for him to get back on the ice and into some competitive uh, uh, situations. Uh, Drew Camesso from Boston University is there. And Caden Emberico, who was a standout at the World U18 here just a couple of months ago. Those are the four goaltenders uh, vying for a roster spot with uh, Team USA's World Junior Club. None of them were on the team last year, so completely open field. Maybe you can let me know who you think uh, is the number one dog going into that fight. 16 defensemen. Uh, I'll rattle these off uh, very quickly in order of who they played for last season. Uh, Eamon Powell from uh, BC, Boston College. A couple members of the Chicago Steel in Ian Moore and uh, Ryan Ufko. Uh, Jack Peart from the Fargo Force, who was on the show just last week. Alex Gagne from the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Scott Morrow, out of high school, played for Shattuck St. Mary's. Shai Buiam, who you've heard here on the program as well, with the Sioux City Musketeers. Three members of uh, Team USA, the National Development Program. That would be Sean Behrens, Aiden Rashchuk, and Luke Hughes. Then you get to the university players, Jacob Truscott from Michigan. Brock Faber, who will be on this team and probably their quarterback. He played at Minnesota. Wyatt Kaiser, who I expect to make this team from UMD, as is Connor Kelly. And a couple of North Dakota defensemen as well, Tyler Clevin and Jake Sanderson, both of those guys returning players. So there are three returnees from last year's gold medal team. That'd be Faber, Clevin, and Sanderson uh, on the back end. 24 forwards, let's start at the uh, top, and we'll go with the the teams they were part of last season. And uh, Luke Tuck, Dylan Peterson, both from Boston University. Three members of the Chicago Steel, Matt Coronado, Josh Doan, and Mackie Samuskevich. Tristan Bros of the Fargo Forces invitee, as is uh, Carson Bantle, who played for Michigan Tech last year. Cam Berg of the Muskegon Lumberjacks, and you've got Brett Burrard, from uh, Providence College. He is a returnee, the first of the forwards that I've mentioned so far. Chase Yoder, also from Providence. Then you've got Ty Smolanik from the uh, Quinnipiac Bobcats. Tanner Dickinson from the, the Sioux Greyhounds out of the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Declan McConnell played for the Syracuse Crunch in the American Hockey League last year. Matthew Nyes and Carter Mazur of the Tri-City Storm. Matthew Nyes well, spoiler alert, he's a guest on this week's episode. Then you have a whack of players from the NTDP, including Logan Cooley, Tyler Boucher, Dylan Duke, Chaz Lucius, Sasha Pastajov, Red Savage, Matt Beniers, Thomas Bordalo, and Landon Slaggart. Uh, the Beniers and Bordalo actually play at Michigan, and uh, Slaggart, another returning player, was at Notre Dame. And uh, I remember he, although I don't think he had any points at the uh, the World Junior here in Edmonton this past one, but uh, he was all over the ice. But a, a returning guy as well from this roster. Mentioned one of my guests already. All four of my guests will join us courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. The tap room is open in Red Deer July 1st. The restrictions completely gone here in Alberta. So knock on wood, that goes off successfully, but uh, we'll be back to normal here in Alberta. 
Uh, so you'll be able to stop by the tap room. There may be, you know, mask restrictions. That's all going to be set up by the individual businesses, I believe. Uh, they're all in charge of that. Uh, so if you go to a store or something and they still want you to wear a mask, like don't you don't have to put up a fight. Like just wear the mask. You're still going to be able to go most places without. I, I think there will be some. Probably go to the if you're here in Alberta, go to the Alberta government's uh, website uh, for maybe the updates and and things like that on what you. Uh, might come across in terms of uh, certain specific events and things like that, will there still be some guidelines in place. But if you don't want to go to the tap room or you don't live right in Red Deer, you can always get your home delivery. If you live between Calgary and St. Albert, and that includes Edmonton and Sherwood Park and Leduc, and just keep going down Highway 2 all the way through Red Deer and uh, south towards Calgary, all of those towns... They're within the window. You can order it online at troubledmonk.com slash shop. Use promo code PIPELINE, and that shipment will come right to your door for absolutely free. The guests that you will hear from today, all of them are draft-eligible players. We will start in the Ontario Hockey League. Francesco Pinelli is a forward with the Kitchener Rangers, although he didn't get to play this past season in the OHL. He went overseas, had a short stint, over there, and then came back and played for Canada, helped Canada win gold at the World U18 down in Texas. We'll uh, chat with him. Then the uh, top-ranked goaltender available this year is a Jesper Wallstad, who is a uh, netminder playing in Sweden. Played for Lulio last year. Interestingly, his uh, WHL rights were traded from the Moose Jaw Warriors to the Portland Winterhawks about a month ago. And that started the speculation on, was he coming overseas? Well, it's a question... I did ask, and he answered. So uh, you'll hear that from Jesper Wallstead. Then we go to an OHL prospect, the guy that I mentioned already, Matthew Nyes, who played for the Tri-City Storm. Next year, he will be with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Another guy who's uh, WHL rights, actually held by the Portland Winterhawks. So a couple of Winterhawk prospects, if you will, on the show this week. But uh, Matthew Nyes, a uh, great guest. You'll hear from him in the third guest segment slot on this week's episode. And we will close things out with uh, Olin Zellweger, who is a defenseman with the Everett Silvertips in the Western Hockey League. Also helped Canada to that gold medal at the World U18. Uh, so a full slate of guests. We'll kick it off with uh, Francesco Pinelli. But of course, the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Alberta's best beef jerky. That is Wilhock Beef Jerky. Go to their website. I'll spell Wilhock for you. It's W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. And right on the front page, you got the two locations here in Alberta. It's Leduc and Spruce Grove. And they're the only two places that you can get Wilhock beef jerky from. You can't go to, you know, your local 7-Eleven or anything like that. Uh, this stuff is absolutely fresh. They refrigerate it right there. And when you come pick it up, it's in various sized bags. And there's no, like, freshness packet insert or anything to keep it, you know, so it stays on the shelf longer. This is all fresh stuff. It's fantastic, it's juicy, it's tender, it's seasoned and marinated to perfection. Wilhock Beef Jerky, it is the home of Alberta's best beef jerky. And if you're not in the local area, but you're in Western Canada, you can get in contact with either either of those two locations, and they will ship it to you. Let's get to the show. Francesco Pinelli of the Kitchener Rangers, he's up first here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Here's Perlini. Perlini loads it up and he scores! It's a hat trick! 
Hey, it's Brendan Perlini from Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week is the one that started it all. Tell us more about this classic, bud. Golden Gates Golden Ale. An easy drinking golden ale that you can use as your gateway to craft beer. This beer highlights the best malt in the world grown right here in our backyard. Player comparable, Nathan McKinnon. Underrated, yet awesome, every time out. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at troubledmonk.com. Troubled Monk craft beverages worth sharing you're listening to the pipeline show with Guy flaming you don't scare me i got chunks of guys like you in my stool hey we're back on the pipeline show we're going to begin this week's episode with a 2021 draft spotlight as we get closer and closer to the nhl draft of course the pipeline show is brought to you by the best beef jerky in Alberta. That's, of course, Wilhock beef jerky. You can get your beef jerky. If you're in Western Canada, you don't have to drive all the way to Spruce Grove or Leduc. You can order it from them, and they'll ship it to you anywhere in Western Canada. Unfortunately, my next guest can't get it because he's in Ontario, but uh, it's a pleasure to get a chance to speak with Francesco Pinelli from the Kitchener Rangers. Now, Francesco, how are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm not up for the draft, though, uh, in a month's time, or I guess a little less than that now. Uh, what's the mindset like? Are you, are you uh, getting excited, a little nervous, maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's coming up real quick, so uh, I'm just getting prepared, uh, training every day, and just staying focused, and obviously it's a really really exciting experience um, going through this journey, and um, yeah, I can't wait for July 23rd. So, Well, the last time we saw you was on the ice at the, at the U18 uh, down in Texas, what's uh, what's been happening for you since then? I, I imagine you had a couple of weeks to to put your feet up by the pool a little bit. Uh, yeah, so obviously I had to do a two week quarantine, so I was just um, kind of relaxing and working out here and there. And then um, right after that, I got on the ice, and I've been training four or five times a week now on the ice. So I'm um, just getting ready for next season, and I'm really excited for the upcoming season. Tell me about this past you know 15 months, I guess, since everything got shut down in March of 2020. How weird it was for you as a hockey player, your schedule every year, you know, when you start practicing and training and uh, the regular season, the training camps, all of that's really, really strict and regimented and everything kind of got thrown out the window this year. How difficult was that for you, even just from a mental state? Uh, yeah, obviously it was pretty frustrating. Um, really, Chelsea kept on getting pushed back. So um, I came to the decision with me, my family and also my agents and um, I headed over, over to Slovenia for a month and a half and I played some hockey there. Um, and then also I got a call from the U18s and I joined them. Um, we, won, we won gold out in Dallas. So um, th- this this year was kind of a bad year, but it turned out to be a good one for me. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results and it, it's been pretty good so far. What was the connection with the, your team in Slovenia that that opportunity came to you? Was that thanks to your agent um, making some phone calls or do you have a connection there yourself? Uh, yeah, so my agents found the Alps League and then uh, some of my trainers knew the GM of the Yetsunita team that I joined and Hmm. Um, he was really interested in having me, and I flew down there for a month and a half of my own, and um, I played 13, 14 games, so it was really, really good experience, um, even going to a new country and stuff like that and living on my own just to um, learn life skills, so it was, it was really fun overall. Give you a different perspective uh, for the import players that come and play for the Kitchener Rangers, what life is, is kind of like for them, you having to go over there and being the the stranger in a strange land. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was really fun, and I really enjoyed it, so. 
Uh, 11 points in 13 games uh, doesn't seem, on paper at least, like it was a big transition for you uh, from the OHL. To, to, and you were playing with and against men, correct? Yes. It was a pro, pro league, men's league. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, why do you think it uh, it happened so quickly and easily for you? Um, I mean, obviously the first few games, I had to get my feet underneath me and um, get used to the time zone as they were seven seven hours ahead, I'm pretty sure. So hmm. um, it was kind of difficult transitioning, but um, I felt I got under my feet and um, I played well. So I, I was really happy with my game and I continued to play well. And I also had great teammates, so I was really happy with the results. And also, also the coaching staff was really well over there. And then you got to come back, play for Canada again. You did so at the US-17 as well. But this is even a bigger stage, and especially with uh, with COVID going on, all eyes were on the U18 tournament. Uh, 11 points in seven games for you with Canada, coming home with a gold medal. I don't think you could have scripted a better finish for you. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, I had a, obviously, it was a, we had a great team, and we had great coaching staff, so that, that helped us a ton. And um, we glued really quickly, um, and that obviously showed. Um, we got gold, so it was a great uh, great tournament overall. And um, Even my personal play, I thought I played pretty well, but overall, uh, the team was great. Considering there was no OHL season and you only had those 13 games overseas, how important was the U18 for you just to, to have a good showing? Obviously, you want to win, uh, but on a personal level, were you thinking about what this means for the draft, that this is the chance for the, the scouts to watch you? And, and you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, but how do you not do that? Yeah, I mean, I just went there. Um, I played my game. I stayed focused, and um, yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing was just staying, staying focused and and in shape. I think was the most important thing. And obviously, we had a great team, and um, the main goal was to win. And um, obviously, uh, we did, I didn't have too many games this year for the draft, but mm-hmm. um, just playing my game and making sure I'm doing the right things to help the team win was the most important thing. Did your line mates with Canada were they pretty consistent through the tournament, or did they get shuffled around a bit? Who did you play with the most? Um, well, me, me and Chase played probably together the most um, uh, on the third line. So we, we, we did really well together, and I think we connect really really quickly. So um, I was really happy with our, our play. Yeah, we say the third line, but there's like three or four number one or number two lines on that club. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really deep team. Um, the, just getting that exposure, though, was there a sense of relief that you knew that, you know, after you got the phone call from Hockey Canada that, all right, finally I get a chance to show what I can do? Uh, yeah, for sure. I was in Slovenia and I got a call um, to come home. So I was really happy to come home, see my family and um, and then head out two weeks later, three weeks later to Dallas and play with the U18 tournament. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge honor and um, it, it was a great experience and I and I really enjoyed it. And obviously we won. So it was, it was really fun overall. And um, our team was really good overall, too, as well. Francesco Pinelli from the Kitchener Rangers and for uh, Team Canada is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Francesco, we're doing this at the end of June, but the uh, the draft is coming up a, a month away. Once the draft comes, there'll be casual NHL fans who don't watch junior hockey. They might never have heard of you, but you get selected by their favorite teams, so they're going back on the internet and trying to find interviews and, and uh, uh, information about uh, their newest uh, uh, prospects for their organization. So for the benefit of those people, let's start at the beginning and get some background, if you don't mind, uh, about... Uh, yourself. Uh, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Oh uh, yeah, so I'm from Stony Creek, Ontario. Um, I grew up. I got two brothers, Anthony. He's 20 years old, and Luke he's 16. He just got drafted to the Ottawa 67s. Um, and growing up, it's a very competitive family. Obviously, we love sports, and uh, we played soccer growing up as well. So um, it's been really fun, and um, yeah, it's, it's been really good so far. One older, one younger brother. Yes. So, so you're right in the middle, and a competitive family, all boys uh, like that. I imagine you grew up. Uh, trying to better your older brother and trying to keep your younger brother below you. <laughs> yes, it, it's been good. Uh, have you always been a forward? 
Uh, yeah, I've been a Ford my whole life. All right. I know some guys, when they're little, uh, maybe, you know, squirts or novice or something like that, they, every team, uh, the coach has to make the players all throw the pads on, take their turn in net. Did you have an experience like that when you were young? Yeah, I re- when I was really young, I, re- I really liked goalie. And even when we played road hockey, I'd always be in net. Sure. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had, a, I think I had a, like one or two games. I think it was in house league because um, we rotated the goalie sometimes. So uh, yeah, that was really fun. I remember, and it was, it was really, yeah, it was a good experience. How'd it go for you then? If you like doing it on, you know, playing street hockey, why not do it on the ice? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was okay. Um, I have, I had a good glove. I remember I had a good catch. Um, but you know, my footwork wasn't the best. My, um, the butterflies and stuff like that. So. <laughs> uh, now tell me, uh, you with the Kitchener Rangers, uh, you were a fairly early pick for the Rangers uh, in the OHL priority selection. Getting to camp when you're, you know, 13th overall pick like that, a first rounder, there's some pressure that goes along with that. You know, the organization is expecting big things from you because they invested a big pick. The fans obviously think you're going to be a an impact player. Is it safe to say though that if there's pressure put on you, it, it might be you know your own expectations for what you can do that might outweigh everybody else's expectations? Uh, yeah, I think um, for the most part, uh, I, I I take pressure really good and um, I, I like the challenge. So I think when I get pressure, I play better um, and and I take the challenge and I challenge myself um, and show show people uh, my abilities and stuff like that. But obviously, we had a great team last year and I was really really impressed with our team and. Too bad um, uh, they had a stoppage to the season because we were going to go really deep in the playoffs. And um, but yeah, it, it's been good. Well, the, that year you were drafted, that season, 114 points in 71 games for the Toronto Red Wings. Uh, that's a uh, you know, that's a, an awfully offensive season, and that carried over to to the OHL with you. 41 points as a rookie in 59 games. 18 of those were goals. Uh, you know, a lot of guys might have big numbers as a bantam player or something like that, but it doesn't necessarily click right away at the major junior level for you, it seems to have, uh, to what would you attribute that? Um, yeah, I think it just started off with my summer. I'm getting good training. I have a figure skating coach, Rebecca Babb, and also I have really good skills coach, uh, Evan McGrath, Marco Ferlez. Um, so I think, um, they were really good impact in my, my, uh, my rookie season, even Brandon at shield, um, in the off ice. So I think that was, the, that's where it started. And, um, I really focused on my summer and made sure I trained and, um, it, it, it resulted into a pretty good season for myself. Um, with Kitchener, so I was really happy with that in my training as well. Well, I know broadcaster Mike Farwell is a well, he's a big fan of yours. He, he told me to say hi when I had you on the show. Uh, so I'll you know for the, for his benefit, I'll ask you uh, you know how is playing for Mike Farwell uh, made you a better player? I'm just kidding about that, but uh, <laughs> must be some fun times on the bus. You don't have big long bus rides in the OHL like you do in in the WHL. What's the longest trip you take in the O? Um, I think it's to Sioux. I think it's around 10 hours. I'm not too sure, but uh, we make a trip out of it. Like at the start of the season, we played North Bay, Sioux and, and Sudbury. So it, it, it was actually, it was actually really fun. So it turned out to be really good. When you get a chance to play with guys from across the country, like you did down in Texas, you know, did the WHL guys share kind of what the road stories are like out here where you might spend two and a half weeks on the road and, you know, 15 days in a hotel on, on a road trip. And you guys do what, maybe 10 days a year in, in a hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, they share some stories, but um, I mean they they're kind of used to it now, so they don't mind it. But I've definitely heard them. Um, they, they they do seem a little annoyed, but it's pretty funny. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Francesco Pinelli is my guest. Uh, the draft uh, coming up, as we've mentioned, how much have you been thinking about the draft uh, over the course of the last say 15 months? But is it now, as you know, the hockey's done, you can't really do anything else on the ice that 
you're kind of waiting almost uh, for it now to happen to cross the finish line. It's almost like a marathon in a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for that date. Um, uh, obviously, I'm just training right now and focusing on myself and getting bigger and stronger to get to the next level. But uh, yeah, just kind of waiting um, for that day. And obviously, it's very exciting. But this journey has been really fun. and I can't wait for that day. And it's going to be really uh, something I will never forget for sure. For people who didn't get a chance to watch you play at the U18 and, and probably didn't see any of the Slovenia games or Slovakia games, rather. Uh, oh, no, it was Slovenia. Give us a self-scouting report. Um, what, should, what should fans expect uh, from Francesco Pinelli on the ice? Um, I think a 200-foot center that can play the wing as well, so very versatile. Um, I, I got very good hockey IQ and vision. I've seen the play at a high speed and using my teammates with my passing abilities, but even my shot um, I think is good, and um, I use that to my advantage as well. So, The sheet I'm looking at says six foot one and 185 pounds. Is that uh, still up-to-date or is that a little bit old? Uh, no, that's up to date, but I'm um, 190 now. Oh, 190, okay. Yeah. Everybody's got a nickname. For you, is it what, Pinner or something like that? What do the guys call you? Um, well, at hockey, it's like last year in Kitchener. I've never been called Frankie, but I guess that's a new nickname for me when I'm at the rink, so it's Frankie. But back home, everyone calls me Che. What, I'm sorry, what do they call you? Che? Yeah, Che. Where does that come from? Is that short for Francesco? Yeah, kind of. It's kind of in my name. My mom kind of made it up when I was born, and um, everyone just calls me that. So, I, I mean, it always stuck with me, and I thought it's not a bad nickname. So That's interesting. I, I, I kind of thought it might be Frank, or, you know, you said Frankie, but um, but not that wasn't until recently. Che, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, favorite team growing up? Uh, you're an Ontario guy. Does that make it, you know, Toronto automatically, or I guess maybe the Sens? Detroit pretty close. Buffalo? Oh, uh, yeah. Growing up, I mean, I, I, went, I, I watched the... Uh, a few Detroit games, so um, I kind of always like Detroit, but I think Toronto's my team. I've always watched them growing up, and obviously they got a really good team now, and um, I'm sure they're going to win the Stanley Cup in a few years, hopefully, so we'll see. I, I know some guys will tell me that it's not necessarily teams they cheer for, but individual players that they kind of gravitate towards, and it might be you know three or four different guys across the league. Are there some guys like that that stand out as personal favorites? Um, yeah, obviously Austin Matthews is a great player, um, and you also got guys like Drysaddle, McDavid, and and uh, McKinnon, I think, is re- very impressive to watch, too, as well. So those players, I like to watch a lot, and uh, it's really interesting watching them play, and I, I really uh, like it. Awesome. As the draft gets closer, have you been doing lots of Zoom meetings with teams and things? No combine this year, really. So uh, I imagine the teams have been reaching out uh, online, things like that. Uh, yeah, there are, there's no combines or anything this year. So, yeah, it's just uh, Zoom calls. So I've been, yeah, I've been doing a bunch, and um, it's been a really fun process, and I, I really enjoy it. Well, Francesco or Che, I appreciate your time. Best of luck, whatever happens to the draft, and uh, maybe we'll chat again down the road. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That was Francesco Pinelli from the uh, Kitchener Rangers, who ranked by everybody inside the first round. Could be a bit of a wild card, somewhere in the teens, maybe into the 20s, uh, but uh, an interesting player there. He's got the size, obviously put up uh, some points when he was able to play. Point-per-game guy playing against and with men. Yes, it was only 13 games, but that's impressive. And then goes down to Texas with the Hockey Canada and has 11 points in seven games. One of the uh, most offensive guys in the tournament for Canada and in the tournament in general. That's pretty darn impressive. So we'll see where Francesco Pinelli is uh, selected in the draft in July. Next up. Well, we expect uh, that Jesper Wallstead is going to be the first goaltender taken in the 2021 draft. We'll chat with him next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. 
Stutzler back to Sider, across to Bach. Dominic Bach, great pass in for Stutzler, slides it back across, they score! Hello, this is Tim Stutzler from Mannheim and this is the Pipeline Show. Spruce Grove St. AJHL Hockey is back for the 2020-2021 season. Due to the ongoing pandemic, the attendance is limited at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. You can follow along across social media at SG Saints and support the Saints by heading to sprucegrovesaints.ca and purchasing your Cash is King tickets today. Over $33,000 in prizes to be given away. Again, head to sprucegrovesaints.ca for more information. The Spruce Grove Saints, proud supporters of the Pipeline Show. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. The cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, the cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show, and we will continue with the 2021 Draft Spotlight segments and get to know another player who is eligible for the upcoming NHL Draft. Of course, the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky in all of Alberta. And if you don't live in Alberta, but you're in Western Canada, well, you can call their locations at in either Spruce Grove or Leduc, and they will ship it to you. No problem. It's worth your efforts. The best beef jerky in Alberta, I would dare say, in the world. Uh, my guest in this segment, everybody's expecting him to be the first goaltender chosen in the uh, NHL draft uh, later on in uh, July. We're heading to Sweden. Jesper Wallstedt from Luleå. Welcome to the program, uh, Jesper. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for having me on there. I'm good, thank you. Well, I appreciate you making the time. What what's uh, what have you been doing the last couple of months? Uh, a lot of off-ice training right now. Uh, a lot of gym and uh, a little bit of running. Uh, trying to get in, in good shape for this draft. And, uh, and we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, also a lot of golf and, uh, and hanging, hanging, hanging around with my friends, uh, both in Lulia. And right now I'm down in Westeros again, so uh, meeting all my childhood friends back here is, is pretty sweet nice what is it about golf a lot of hockey players play golf and play very well is there something about the, those two sports that go well together i don't know uh, it's a lot of competing and, and you're competing very much against yourself uh, maybe that's fun when you're when you're competing as a team uh, the whole the whole season in hockey instead so uh, I, I, don't, I think it's relaxing, and, and you can talk with a friend you're out with, uh, and just have a have, often have a good time. Yes, but what was the last 15 months like for you? And in Sweden, trying to play as much as possible. I, I don't know how many times the the SHL stopped or started or had you know COVID issues. I know over here it was very problematic uh, for players to get ice time. Some guys actually went to Europe to to just in order to be able to play. What was it like for you? You know, in Sweden, in in the SHL, it was it was pretty normal to to do uh, what it used to be. Uh, we just didn't have any people on our games, uh, but but otherwise it was pretty normal. Uh, we had to travel a little bit different, and uh, uh, and we had I think one time we had uh, one week or two week break because of the COVID COVID nineteen. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I, I would say it was pretty normal. Uh, it, it it felt just like a under 20 season for me with uh, just better players uh, because I'm, I'm I'm used to playing without people in the uh, in the stands. So, uh, <laughs> but it was fun. It was uh, it was it was great. A good experience for me. 
Well, and it certainly uh, looked like it was a, a strong season for you. I have to think you're pretty happy with the way you played. Uh, you, you got into 22 games with the men's team uh, and uh, uh, had a record of 12 and 10, but 908 save percentage, a 223 goals against average. And I think it was even higher than that for most of the season. Pretty happy with the way things went? Yeah, um, I would say I'm happy with it, but, I'm, uh, but, I, but I knew I, can, uh, I could have done it even better. Uh, I, a little bit much up and down. Uh, some really good games and, and some some games that wasn't good enough. So uh, maybe if I could have played a, a, a little bit better throughout the whole season uh, and, and it wasn't that much, much up and down. Uh, and then had a little bit of a rough time at the end of the season, which... Uh, which maybe caused those numbers a little bit to go down. But uh, myself, uh, I, I'm not looking too much at the numbers. I'm trying to mm, feel, have a, have my own feeling how how, how the season went. Uh, but I'm, but I'm, I'm pretty happy, but I, I knew I could have done uh, maybe a little bit better. Well, for an 18-year-old playing in the Swedish Hockey League, it, it's hard a lot of times for guys. doesn't matter how highly touted or how strong of a prospect they are. It's tough to get ice time. The fact that you played 22 games, that says a lot, I think, about the way that Lulio felt about you. Yeah, I, I think I got into a, to a good start, and, uh, and I, I felt like I had a couple of strong games at the beginning of the season. And I, I felt also that I was well prepared for the season. So uh, I, I felt like I was ready for, for this, and uh, I think I, I, I gave myself good chances in the in the preseason to, to, to be able to do this. And, uh, I'm looking forward to do that this this preseason season too. So I'm, I'm ready for next season where wherever I'm gonna play. How beneficial is it to play and practice against men all the time compared to when you're with the U20 squad or or a younger even? Yeah, I think I have learned learned a lot of things just outside of the ice, being being around uh, really grown men and uh, just much about about every every social aspect around around the rink and being in a in a locker room with, with guys with a lot of routine and, uh, and that I've been playing in NHL and KHL and, uh, and down in, in the middle of Europe. And uh, they've been learn- I've been learning uh, things from them and uh, taking taking some things with me. Now, you just said a second ago, uh, wherever you're going to play, is there some uncertainty? Do, uh, the sheet I'm looking at says that you're under contract for Lulia the, this coming season. But I know your rights were traded in the in the Western Hockey League for Moose out of Portland, and if if a team like Portland is going to pick somebody up, there's at least some consideration to going that way. Uh, where do you stand right now? Do you know where you're playing? Uh, no, I, I, as you said, I have a contract with Lulio, so I'm, I'm, uh, the, the 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 things we are seeing right now, it's, it's I'm going to play there. But of course, after the draft and everything, we, things may happen. There's a lot of different. Uh, aspects and, and things that's gonna go go into that decision. Uh, if I'm say if I'm signing a contract directly after, there's uh, there's a new team that's that's gonna say what what they want to do also. Uh, so we will see a little bit, but, but as of as of standing right now, I have one year one more year with Lulu, so uh, my plan is to go back there uh, for next season. Very good. Jesper Wallstead is my guest. He's a, a goaltender, the the top ranked goaltender available in the 2021 NHL draft. He plays in Sweden for uh, Luleå in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, Jesper, in this segment, we like to introduce our audience to a player that's draft eligible, and there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans who don't watch you know, hockey overseas or even junior or college hockey here. Uh, but after the draft, 
those fans will be going and trying to find as much information on on young players as possible. So they'll be listening to this interview, you know, a month or two from now. Uh, so for the benefit of those people, let's get some background, if you don't mind. Uh, where in Sweden are you from? Uh, I'm from a pretty big town here in in Sweden called Vesterås. It's a one hour drive drive uh, uh, from Stockholm. Uh, so I'm born and raised here, and uh, been living my 15th first year year here, uh, and then I moved up to Luleå. And I've been living there for three years. When did you start playing in goal? Um, I would say around maybe eight, maybe between eight or uh, ten somewhere. I, I don't really know, but uh, I played it for a couple of years. So. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years now. Um, what did you start as? Uh, were you a forward or a defenseman first? Uh, I, th- I think I was a defenseman first, uh, and I played as a defenseman pretty pretty long too. Uh, I, I switched in between goal and uh, defenseman, but. At the end, it it was a goal that I liked the most. Okay, and, and is there a reason why? What what had you interested in trying to become a goaltender? Uh, I think uh, mostly it was because my brother and my father have uh, have been goalers, uh, so we're a big goalie goalie and hockey family. So uh, maybe from that, uh, I felt like I was I wanted to play there too, and I was probably better at goalie too, and uh, maybe. Maybe didn't have that conditioning and everything when I was younger to to be skating around all the whole ice. Uh, well, I I see that you have your brother that you mentioned is that uh, Jakob? Yeah, he's uh, much older than you are. So when you're a little kid, uh, I have an older brother as well. And when I was young, I just wanted to do whatever he was doing and follow, you know, just tag along. So was it like that for you as well? You said your father and your brother were both goaltenders, so that seems like a natural fit. Yeah, he's eight eight years older than me, so uh, I was always always following with and, and watching his games. Uh, so let's say when I was around six, when I started with hockey, he was uh, fourteen, and uh, and I was always there watching the games, and uh, and I enjoyed it, and and I have, have have always been competing with him. You know, he's eight years older, but uh, I always loving to 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 beat him. Uh, but uh, when I was younger, there wasn't much. Uh, much chance for me to beat him, but now uh, hopefully I'm a little bit better than him. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. I, I mean, you're being touted so highly uh, for this upcoming draft. Uh, let's maybe let's talk about the draft while I have you. But have you been thinking about it much uh, over the course of the last year or so? I mean, it's it's now just a month away, and I imagine at some point it it almost kind of feels like a marathon. You can see the finish line, and it's been so long coming. You'll be happy when uh, when you finally cross that day. Yeah, you know, it's it has been hard to not think about it. Uh, it has been my in my face the whole season, and, uh, and there have been team calling and, and sending questionnaires, and uh, and been in news and everything. So yeah, I have tried my best to just keep it at at the side of uh, and try to focus on playing with Lulu and, uh, and my my own game. But uh, it has always been there in my face uh, with with all these different rankings and uh, and every team uh, sending their their things. So. But it, it has been a lot of fun, and I uh, I really have enjoyed this this process. Do you are you a guy who looks at the rankings and things like that? I, like, a, does it matter to you if you're the the first ranked goaltender, the highest ranked goaltender available in the draft, or or where eventually you are selected in the draft, whether it's top ten or first round or something else happens? Does it matter to you? No, I wouldn't say it matters, but uh, I would like to to go to a team that 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 I see a good future with them. Uh, and that that I knew and uh, that they wanna they wanna uh, put their investments into me and try to make me as as good as possible and that they have a good plan for me. Uh, but 
uh, otherwise, um, I, I have, of course, you see the rankings and uh, you see where you are projected, but uh, I, don't, I don't think so much uh, about it. I'm, I'm just looking at it because I think it's fun. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say if if a ranking says I'm going ten or something, I I, I wouldn't believe the, believe in that until uh, until the draft is over and uh, and I really know where I'm gonna end up. Jesper, if if you were a forward, I could ask you if you were a playmaker or a, a shooter or a power forward, or if you're a defenseman. You know, are you more of a stay-at-home guy or an offensive uh, defenseman? How do you describe yourself as a goaltender? If somebody's you know wanting to know what your style is like, how do, what do you tell them? Uh, I would say that I'm a I'm a, I'm a cold and collective goalie uh, with a technical sound inside, and I'm really uh, really relying on my technical and uh, and my game, my game sense. Uh, I'm trying to build my, a lot of my uh, game plans around that, but uh, definitely a, a technical sound goalie. Do you like to play the puck, uh, handle the puck, or do you kind of leave that to the defenseman? No, I, I love to play the puck. I love being out there. Uh, you know, in America, maybe it's a little bit different with these new rules in the corners, but in Sweden, we, we can be everywhere. Uh, so, uh, I love being out there, and uh, I'm trying to be a little bit like after defenseman sometimes. Uh, but uh, I enjoy breaking out some passes back there. Now you were here in Edmonton uh, at Christmas time uh, for the World Junior Championship. Uh, what was that experience like for you? It was uh, awfully strange not having uh, you know any fans. The media re- couldn't really attend or anything like that. Um, so it was it was different from our perspective. Uh, what what about for you? Yeah, it was pretty. It was a lot of fun, uh, as it's, it's always going away with the national team. But uh, it was a little bit weird with uh, the uh, with everything around with with COVID and, uh, and that we had to sit in our rooms for for ten straight days with uh, with a little bit like a lockdown there. Uh, so uh, we, it was pretty weird there. Uh, but uh, when it, everything got started and, uh, and the tournament started, it was a a lot of fun and uh, we had a great time. Uh, but uh, we ended up uh, going out in in the quarterfinals, so that was maybe a little bit earlier than earlier than we were hoping for. But uh, otherwise, it was a, a a lot of fun there. Well, considering you know you're really short-handed going into the tournament, you're missing some of your key players, and uh, I think your coaching staff also was hit by it as well. So, uh, kind of understandable that there would be some challenges. But uh, you got into a couple of games, and your numbers there are really really good. Were you happy with the the, the way you played? In those couple of games that you got into, um, yeah, I was pre- I was pretty happy with uh, with what I, what I put up. Uh, maybe I could have uh, saved like one or two more goals that I added in, but uh, overall, I'm happy with what I what I did there, and uh, uh, and I was hoping for uh, some more games maybe, but uh, at the end, the coach chose to not put me in, uh, but. I, that gave me just extra energy and a little bit of extra boost when I got a, got back to Lulu and, uh, and played really well after right after World Juniors. So Jesper, what will you do between now and the draft, and then on draft day? Do you just uh, is everybody staying home for it this year again? I'm not even uh, sure what the plan is. Uh, I don't know know uh, much either. Uh, right now I'm, I'm back home in Vesteros, so uh, planning on working out here and uh, hit the gym and play some golf and uh, enjoy the time with my friends and family here. Uh, and then uh, we're going away on the, on the what is it, summer showcase or uh, that thing in, in Plymouth uh, with the national team. So right. I'm going to be, I'm going to be away on that when, when the draft uh, is happening. So 
hopefully my my family can fly over there and uh, and enjoy that draft day with me. Well, that would be excellent. Now, from Sweden, did you have a favorite NHL team growing up, or were were you uh, one of those guys who looks more at individual players? Doesn't matter what team they're on. You might like one goalie from one team or a, a player from another team. Uh, how about for you? Yeah, I was always uh, following uh, Henrik Lundqvist, so uh, uh, it, it, it ended up to be being the Rangers. So I've been following them uh, be, mostly because he was playing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but otherwise, I, I have always been uh, following my my own hometown team here, team here in Westeros. Uh, it's always been a top team in in Allsvenskan, the, the second league here in Sweden. So. Yeah. I've always been ho- uh, hoping that they can uh, get up to the SHL, but uh, it hasn't happened happened yet. But hopefully in a in a couple of years or uh, whatever. Uh, but uh, mostly I've been watching Westeros, uh, but but also Henrik Lundqvist in, in the Rangers. Perfect, understandable that it would be uh, Henrik Lundqvist for sure. Uh, Jesper, listen, I really really appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this. I know we had to, to change the date a couple of times this week uh, in order to get this interview done, but uh, I'm very very happy that we were able to chat uh, best of luck at the NHL draft and whatever happens after that. And, and uh, wherever you're playing next year, I hope we can chat again one day. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, for having me on there. It's just been a lot of fun. Here's Jesper Wallstead from Lulio, and uh, the, he is the top-ranked goaltender for the uh, 2021 draft. I think uh, most publications that I've seen and most scouting lists that I've seen is, is inside the top 10 for everybody. Uh, with the exception of a neutral zone. And I believe, I think Sam Cosentino's most recent list might have him just outside the top 10 as well. But uh, most seem to think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I've even seen uh, some people tweeting, like I think it was uh, Tony Ferrari from uh, Dauber that said uh, he thinks he's actually going to be the most valuable player from this draft. Might not go number one, but uh, you know, years from now we might be looking at uh, a guy like Wallstead and saying he was the best player uh, from the draft. And I guess that's an argument to take him first overall, if if that's the case. But uh, will he go first overall? Will he go top ten? We'll find out the NHL draft about a month away now, and I guess then we'll see what happens where he goes. He did leave the door open with Portland. You know, it sounds like he's going to get drafted, have the conversation with uh, whoever drafts him, uh, but he is under contract to play professionally in Sweden. Hard to argue that uh, it would be better to play in the Western Hockey League than it is against and with men uh, in Sweden when you have that opportunity as a youngster. But hey, you know me, playing in the Western Hockey League is not a bad idea either. He'd obviously be the starter in Portland. That's a team that if they get a a good goaltender, they could have uh, a good chance and a good, good season. Are they contenders? No, I'm not sure. All those types of things will start shaking out in the fall once training camps start. But uh, that was a, a fun conversation with Jesper Wallstead. And it, uh, both he and uh, Francesco Pinelli in the first segment there, both of those I, I did last week. And then I had to go to, a, actually, I had to reschedule them uh, because I had to go to a funeral. Uh, so I did those interviews when I came back from the funeral. And then it was the weekend. Uh, so those two interviews got pushed to this week. That's why this episode is coming out right in the middle of the week instead of at the end of the week. Uh, of course, it's Canada Day here on July 1st and uh, July 4th weekend in the United States. So we'll just kind of get the, this week's episode out early to get us through the uh, the big holidays here in North America. 
All right, up next, we'll head to the USHL. Uh, Matthew Nyes, a big power forward, played for the Tri-City Storm. He is going to the University of Minnesota. In fact, he's there now, and that's where I caught up with him. Let's get to know Matthew Nyes next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there. Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year, and here he goes. Wide around the defender. Newhook shoots, scores! He does it again! Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Ben Bishop. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Andy Green. And Ryan Miller were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to the Pipeline Show. That's right. Now, say my name. With Gee Flaming. You're goddamn right. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show, and we will continue with the 2021 Draft Spotlight segments. Of course, the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky in Alberta. And uh, my guest uh, in this segment, another player who's obviously eligible for the upcoming draft, which is uh, less than a month away now. Uh, his name is Matthew Nyes. Matt, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you making the time in the off season like this. Um, what is what's happening for you right now? I know it's it's probably been what uh, close to a month since uh, since you were wrapped up playing in the playoffs in the USHL and with the draft a month away. What have you been doing? Yeah, I'm actually here at the University of Minnesota. Um, I've been training here, um, taking one class to get some credits. Um, before I head into my freshman year. So just practicing training here and getting ready for the draft. All right. That makes a lot of sense to me. That Try to do the academics in the off season so that during the season, there's a little less on your plate. Yeah, that's the whole goal of it. So um, all the freshmen here, all the all the athletes are taking one class to, to minimize all the work uh, in our freshman year. Right, exactly. Um, all right, well, we'll get to Minnesota and uh, why that was the right school for you. We'll get to that later. But uh, tell me about this past year and um, 42 points in 44 games uh, with the Tri-City Storm. You only got into three playoff games uh, for the Storm this year, but four points in the playoffs. Uh, How do you feel about the season? Yeah, it was a little up and down season for me personally and our team. Um, I think we didn't have a strong start to the season, but I think once the second half came up, uh, came around, I think we started to pick it up. And I think we had about, I don't know, a nine or 10 game win streak in the second half. And we ended up winning um, Western Conference regular season champs. Um, so that was really exciting. And then kind of heading the playoff, we had high hopes, but um, obviously a devastating loss to Fargo. And um, it was an incredible season, had a lot of fun, met a lot of new people. And um, so it was, it, was, uh, it was a different season. It was a little, a little more exciting. I'm interested to know what you think was the turnaround for the team. You said tale of two cities uh, kind of uh, with the season uh, where the second half was much better than the first half. What changed? Yeah, I think we had some we had some trades in our locker room. Um, you know, I think in the beginning of the season, we got a lot of games canceled due to COVID. Um, our team actually ended up getting it. So we were kind of up and down, you know, not skating too much. 
Um, and then once like the second half came around, we, uh, you know, we kind of got into a rhythm and everyone started clicking with each other and, um, you know, none of our games were getting canceled. Everyone was healthy and in the lineup and then kind of just took off from there and we tried to lead it in the playoffs. But, uh, obviously, like I said, it was, uh, it's kind of a shock that we lost. For yourself personally, Matt, uh, how do you feel about the way you played this year? I mentioned 42 points in 44 games. Yeah. Uh, well, just like our team, I think the start I had wasn't too strong or too hot. Um, you know, I, I kind of was held off the score sheet a lot. You know, a lot of not a lot of pucks were falling for me. Um, you know, hitting a lot of posts. I just got, wasn't getting the best luck. Hmm. Um, so I kind of just buried my head for the second half of the season, worked a little harder. Um, you know, played for the guys around me, try to make everyone a better player, better person, um, try to be a leader. And I think that's when I started to take off. And I think I had, you know, a strong showing in the second half and I was able to prove that I was, you know, one of the better players in the USHL. Well, you had, uh, you were a point per game guy, which is always great. You're a point per game guy last year though, too. And some people would have expected, you know, maybe you'd have 60 something points this year. I don't know if you're a guy who sets statistical goals for yourself, but uh, what did you expect from yourself this year? Yeah, I actually expected a lot of myself. Um, you know, I expected to have more points and, and to be um, a bigger part in the first half. I think, um, you know, having high expectations um, from 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 my previous season was kind of what led to all the pressure built up on me. And right. um, I think I just played away from my game and played a little bit too individual. And um, so I kind of just had to, you know, play more simple, play towards my game, play my strengths and um, in the second half, I was able to do that and able to show that well. And I think that's that's when I started to play my best hockey and, and take off with it. That's got to be a, a mental challenge when you're an offensive guy and the, you know, you're hitting posts and things aren't going your way. How do you get past that and you turn things around for yourself as you did? Yeah, I'm, I focus on, you know, everyone around me, um, you know, making sure the centerman I have is go- having a good game, making sure he's he's getting chances on that, um, you know, make sure the younger guys are, are feeling comfortable um, you know, playing well, that was kind of my goal. And I think once I started to focus on everyone around me and making our team better, that's when I started to play my best hockey. Um, so I think that's what kind of changed, changed the season around for me and our team. Uh, Matthew Nyes is my guest. He's a, a forward with the Tri-City Storm, although he's moved on. He'll be at the University of Minnesota with the Golden Gophers uh, for this coming season. He's my guest here in the 2021 draft spotlight. And Matt, a lot of casual NHL fans will be watching or listening to this segment to get information on on prospects eligible for the draft. And a lot of those listeners won't be junior or college hockey fans, just casual NHL fans. So for the benefit of those people, uh, maybe let's get some background. Where are you from? Uh, Both my parents are actually from Bratislava, Slovakia. Um, They kind of moved over to AZ, and I was actually the first one my family born in the States. Wow, and you're from uh, right in Phoenix, correct? Yeah, correct. Can I ask what brought them over here? Uh, my dad actually got a job transfer um, in Honeywell. Um, so we, we've been, uh, I actually grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, um, you know, playing my youth hockey career there. Um, same with my older brother. We uh, kind of just picked up hockey from the Coyotes and then kind of just took it a little more serious. And, um, you know, now I'm here at, at the U. Nice. Uh, you mentioned your brother, Phil. Uh, now, he's he's an older brother, correct? So was it, you know, is that what got you into hockey when he started playing? You kind of just follow suit and uh, do what the older brother's doing? Yeah, I mean, he was a huge influence on me. Um, you know, he kind of picked it up at a young age, and I always wanted to be better at him at everything. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't too far along, and I followed his footsteps. And um, that kind of took me to the USHL route and, and then the NCAA. And um, so, yeah, he was he was definitely a big reason why why I picked up hockey. Uh, you're both forwards. Um, have you always been a forward, Matt, or did you ever try the blue line? 
No, I've always been a forward. I haven't, uh, I tried it maybe for maybe for a weekend or a tournament, but um, I've always stuck with forward. I think it's it's more exciting, more uh, more action, and I, I like it a lot more. I know when I talk to players, a lot of them will say, you know, when you're little, uh, squirts or novice or whatever, the uh, the skaters often have to take the, a turn in goal, put the pads on because uh, nobody wants to be the goalie or something. Did you ever have an experience like that? <laughs> I think there was one incident where where no one wanted to and. Um, I, I did strap him up. I, I must have been, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. So, um, but that was that was probably it. And I, I, I'm sure that you know, once I did, I, I was done with it. I was, I wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna happen again. Right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk about your path to to get to uh, the USHL and and to play for the Tri City Storm uh, in uh, Kearney, Nebraska. Did you have consideration of what I mean? The Western Hockey League is Arizona is in Western Hockey League territory. Have you always known you were a college guy and and going through the USHL, or did he they give the WHL a, a consideration? Yeah, I mean, I thought about it. Um, I actually had my rights with the Portland Winterhawks. Um, you know, I was in constant contact with them, but um, I just felt comfortable at Tri City. I loved the coaches there, and they gave me a huge opportunity in my rookie season, and you know, gave me a lot of playing time and and uh, you know, action and. Um, so I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take back my decision of going to Tri-City. I think that was a wonderful program and, um, you know, I got to develop a lot as a player and I think a big reason why I chose USHL is also my older brother. I think he's gone through it all and, um, obviously it worked out well for him. So, uh, I, I just, uh, felt comfortable taking the, taking the NCAA route. Can't help but notice, uh, the sheet I'm looking at list Phil at five, nine, and of course you're what, six, three, something like that. Quite the difference there. Yeah, yeah, he uh he didn't get the better genes, so um <laughs> yeah, it was a little unlucky on his part, but um hopefully I can use my size to my advantage and uh you know make up for him. Well, you did say little brother wants to beat the big brother, so I guess you got that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh all right, tell me why Minnesota was the right college for you or university for you, uh especially being a, a guy is in Phoenix, they just get a division 1 program uh, a handful of years ago. Would it seem like a natural fit? So why the Gophers? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people actually ask me that. And, um, you know, growing up playing hockey in Arizona, I didn't really have a dream school. You know, ASU wasn't really Division One when I was growing up playing hockey. Right. Um, it happened pretty abruptly. And um, so I kind of had, like, my options open. I visited, you know, a few schools and, and same with ASU. But um, I fell in love with the coaches here. They obviously put a lot of time and effort me and, uh, into getting me here and to visit. And, um you know, obviously the campus and, and facilities are, you know, second to none. So um, it was almost an easy decision. I know, I know ASU is going to be a top program soon, but um, I think we're going to be, uh, you know, pretty high ranked in the in the country. And uh, I kind of just wanted to be a part of that team. Yeah, Gophers had a strong team last year and uh, are only going to get better uh, this coming season. Um, uh, with the draft uh, not being that far away, are, is there like a nervous excitement starting to build now as it gets closer and closer? Yeah, um, you know, talking to a, you know a ton of teams and, and getting some Zoom calls and getting to know everyone, it's it's definitely you know a buildup of excitement. But um, I'm sure when it comes that day, it's going to be you know a lot of sweaty hands. And uh, but uh, no, I'm I'm really excited, um, you know, to be in consideration for the draft and um, you know getting getting talked about. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, when it comes around, it, it's going to be really nerve wracking. I know during the course of the season, when I talk to players, a lot of them will say they try not to think about the draft because they they find it could be a distraction and maybe get them off their game if they're thinking about it too much. 
there are other players who tell me that they actively look to see where all the rankings have them and and because they use that as a, a motivation. Uh, what about for you, Matt? Yeah, almost a little bit of both. Um, you know, I kind of see what's going on, where I'm getting put, and um, I love I love using that as motivation, but um, I also try to keep my mind off it a little bit. I don't want to get you know to to take over me and um, you know get my head wrapped up and. Um, you know, I'm still here at school, you know, training and stuff. So I think that's the most important thing for me is just to, to work on getting better. Um, you know, I know the rankings, uh, you know, don't mean much, but, um, it's, it, I always look at them just, to, just to see and maybe get a little more motivation out of it. But, um, so I, I'm kind of in between on that. Well, you're late 2002. So you got uh, a bit of, a uh, ma- uh, physical maturity advantage over some of the, uh, the guys uh, in the rest of the draft class. You missed last year's draft by a month. Uh, what are you at? Six three and two oh five is what the sheet is that I'm looking at, but that might be a, that might be old. Uh, what are you at now? Uh six three and about two ten. So I, I've uh, I've only put on you know a little bit of muscle. Now was that over the course of the season, or that, or is that since the playoffs ended for you? Um, over the course of the season, I, I put on a little bit as well, and then um, you know, once I got here, I think it kind of you know started to form a lot better. Um, you know, working with world class trainers and you know, kind of individualized workouts and making sure that, you know, I'm, I become the best athlete I can and, um, you know, staying quick while, while being strong, that that's my goal. And, um, so I think that's, that's mostly, uh, from, uh, the training I've been doing here. Hope you can give me a, a, a self scouting report, uh, for the benefit of those, uh, and, uh, those listening and, and for myself, I haven't had a chance to watch you play. I think I caught one uh, storm game over the season, but, how would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, you know, if we tune into a game uh, next year with the with the Gophers, uh, what should we expect from you? Yeah, I think I'm a strong, um, strong power forward that you know has a lot of skill to complement that. I think um, you know I can I can protect the puck extremely well and um, you know play inside the dots, take it to the net, create chaos. And I think um, you know with my with my skating and my hockey sense, I think I'm able to find you know players in dangerous areas of the right of the ice and. Um, you know, get my teammates good opportunities. And I also think I have a hard shot to, to back that up. So I think I'm a, you know, kind of a dual threat in the offensive zone, but um, the kind of guy that can play in any situation and, and uh, in all special teams. Um, so a kind of guy you can use up and down the lineup. And um, just with my size and strength, I think that that's what, uh, you know, gets me, gets me to dominate hockey games. And um, so that's my goal is to just, you know, out strength and out muscle guys and, um, use my hockey sense to, to you know, beat the goalie. Uh, net front kind of guy where um, like most of your goals from within 15 feet of the net sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I played net front for the power play a little bit this year, but um, I was comfortable off the half wall. I think I still have a lot of skill that, um, you know, is almost underrated of mine. And um, so I think, yeah, I, I get a lot of goals near the net, but I think I can still shoot and, you know, create good chances uh, on the perimeter as well. All right. Um, growing up in Phoenix, were they, uh, you mentioned the Coyotes earlier. Were they your favorite team, though, growing up, or were you cheering for somebody else? No, they were my favorite team growing up, of course. Um, you know, we kind of got to go to those playoff games back in, you know, 2012 when they were, you know, in the Western Conference Final. You know, all the whiteouts versus, you know, the Kings, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, that was kind of what sparked my love for hockey is going to those games, being in the stands, and just being a part of that and seeing how much, you know, Arizona hockey meant to people. Um so that that's what kind of made me take hockey a little bit more serious and and competitively. Always one of the cheapest tickets in the league too. So it's uh, nice when you're living in that NHL city. Makes it a little easier. It's very true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, any particular players, whether they're with the Coyotes or with other teams around the league, that uh, that you grew up um, 
sort of uh, putting on that pedestal and looking to them as inspiration? Yeah, I actually idolized, you know, a lot of the Coyotes players. Um, you know, a lot of them had sons my age and I was able to play with. And um, my main guy would be Shane Doan. I think he's the kind of guy I looked up to. And um, obviously having him coach me um, since I was nine or 10 years old. So I was, you know, 16, 17. And, um, you know, I still stay in contact with him. I still call him and, you know, kind of use him as a resource. And um, so he's been he's been a huge influence on my career. And, and, and uh um, I'm really thankful I had him, you know, behind the bench and uh, was able to pick his brain on a daily basis, especially when I was growing up. So he's he's been a you know huge impact. Yeah, nobody has anything bad to say about Shane Doan. Good Alberta boy like that, and uh, just a uh, he's the face of the franchise down there, isn't he? I mean, he's probably one of those guys that he does get recognized uh, away from the rink in, in Phoenix, I would guess. Yeah, I think he's the face of Arizona. Honestly, I think um, he's done so much for the city and 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 for for hockey there in general, I think he's, he's been, you know, a major reason why, you know, a lot of kids started to take up hockey. So, um, yeah, like you said, nothing I can say bad about him. He's a down to earth guy and, um, you know, loves helping younger players. And, um, so I, I'm extremely thankful that I got to know him and, um, you know, play with his son and, uh, you know, just got, got to watch him uh, play when I was growing up. So Matt, before uh, the draft comes around, what's what's in store for you? Are you you're doing that one course at Minnesota and lots of time in the gym, that sort of thing. Probably lots of Zoom calls with teams still. Yeah, yeah, I've actually uh, you know closed off on a lot of the Zoom calls. Um, I think I've done about 25 now, so I, I think it's kind of winding down. But um, yeah, I think I'm just I'm just going to train here. Um, you know, try to go uh, visit my parents for the Fourth of July and. Um, you know, maybe take a trip down to San Diego for a little bit of vacation, but, um, yeah, I think I'm just going to get ready. I think, uh, I have the world junior tryouts coming up, um, later in July and that, that'll be, uh, I'll be there for the draft. So I got to get ready for that and get back into, you know, regular season shape so we can, um, you know, so I'm able to, you know, show myself and, um, be prepared for that, uh, for that showcase. Well, fantastic, Matt. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, best of luck at the draft, and uh, maybe we'll chat again uh, while you're uh, with the with the Gophers. Thank you so much for having me. Matthew Nyes from the Tri-City Storm out of the USHL, already at uh, the University of Minnesota, taking those classes. And that does make sense to me that the players in the offseason would try to get as much of their uh, academics uh, finished so that when the season comes around and they start practicing and training and uh, travel as well, that uh, they've got less on their plate so they can focus more on the hockey uh, during the actual season. That makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm guessing that most players uh, probably do that as well. Uh, I know there's usually guys who are at the universities, um, you know, in June and July and uh, getting ready uh, for the start of the season. So that doesn't surprise me at all. As for Nyes, I haven't seen him play, but six foot three, and he says he's about 210 now and a point-per-game player. Uh, seems like there's lots to like, especially if skating isn't an issue for him. The one thing that's that stands out to me as maybe a bit of a uh, what happened there kind of thing, not a red flag, but just there wasn't progression in the points. Point-per-game guy this year, that's fantastic. He was a point-per-game guy last year as well. Actually had a couple points less than last year. Usually you're going to see a guy put 15 20% more points up from season to season. That not the case here with Matthew Nye. So, as you said, maybe he was just a snake bitten in the first uh, couple months of the season. And if that's the case, then we'll see where Matthew Nye goes on draft day. As um, 
It's, it looks like most people expect him to be a, a second-round pick. Uh, I think neutral zone is the only one that I've seen him ranked in the first round, and that ranking came out in December. So lots of time for movement there with the neutral zones list. Uh, but most have him somewhere in the second round. A couple rankings have him as an early third-round pick. So uh, Matthew Nice, we'll see where he goes on draft day. We got one more guest segment left to go on this week's episode. That will be another 2021 draft spotlight. This time, Olin Zellweger from the Everett Silvertips joins me on the Troubled Monk Hotline. We'll have a chat with him, talk about the 11-game season, quote-unquote season, in Everett this year before heading down to Texas with Canada and coming back with a gold medal at the World U18. Olin Zellweger from the Everett Silvertips is up next here on the Pipeline Show, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. <laughs> Between the drop pass, Kendry into the offensive zone, top into the net in front for Matson. What a save by Dustin Wolf! He stretched out with the glove, makes the save and covers. Oh my! 8:37 to go in the second. Hey, it's Dustin Wolf with the Everett Silvertips, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Hello there. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show, and uh, this might be the final segment for this week's episode. There might be another one still in play. Uh, we'll figure it out as we go. But uh, as always, the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. You can, only, you can only get it in two places, Leduc or Spruce Grove. It's the best beef jerky in all of Alberta. But if you live in Western Canada, you're not going to drive to Alberta just for beef jerky, although I wouldn't blame you if you did. You can get in contact with Wilhock, and they will ship it to you anywhere in Western Canada. My next guest, hey, might have tried Wilhock Beef Turkey. We'll have to ask him. Olin Zellweger is uh, from the Edmonton area in Fort Saskatchewan right now, uh, enjoying the uh, the blazing temperatures right now. Olin, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, I'm melting. That's what, that's how I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's much too hot for me. Uh, tell me about what's uh, what's been going on for you since I guess since the World U18. Uh, between then and the and the draft, what have you been doing to spend your time? Yeah. Uh, well. Mostly just been training and skating since it's opened. Uh, that's kind of my main priority. Uh, other than that, I kind of been relaxing and spending some time on on the lake um, when I can. Um, and so that's been pretty nice, especially in this nice weather. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, now, yeah. take take me back to this past uh, season, uh, season with air quotes, I guess. Twenty four games scheduled for the the Western Hockey League, and uh, for yourself, you didn't play all twenty four, obviously, because you had the World U eighteens. Just eleven games uh, with the Everett Silver Tips before you went down to Texas. Thirteen points though in those eleven games, and that's that's more points than you had in fifty eight games with the Tips last year as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. I gotta think you're pretty happy with those eleven games. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh pretty positive uh season in Everett for me obviously really short but uh I think I took a lot of steps in the right direction and um yeah and it, it, in terms of production it, it was uh better for me this year and uh that, that's always good too so what was the big difference from your rookie season to this 11 game uh, stint this year um yeah probably a combination of of confidence and um more opportunity I think uh I think I earned a little more opportunity on, on power play and, and ice time. Um, that just let me uh, use my skill set and, and abilities to uh, produce more points. So, And then you get the opportunity to go play for Canada. Again, you've done it before, but at the World U18 on a bigger stage like that. When did that mm-hmm. come into focus for you? Did you know before you got down to Everett? I'm, I'm trying to think of when Hockey Canada started making those calls. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, I think I was about at the sixth or seventh game in, in my season there in Everett when I, when I got the call. So, uh, it was pretty exciting and I obviously had to stay focused on my group and in Everett for that, for the rest of the remainder time I was there. And then my focus shifted to, uh, Team Canada and, and mm-hmm. the event in Dallas there. Now, I'll be honest, you weren't on my radar, you know, before the tournament started, uh, as a guy who might be on the Canadian roster, yeah. did that call come as a surprise to you? Um, you know, I I I was a little surprised because uh, I didn't really know the tournament was going on. So <laughs> I got the call and I was like, oh wow, well, that this is amazing. So it was super exciting, and you know, I think uh, it was a great great opportunity for me, and um, I think I, I took advantage of um, opportunity there and played played well well i'll say eight points in seven games uh, playing for canada and i think that was the event that really got you national attention now there are people in ontario and 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 further east and maybe even south of the border they're going to recognize the name olin zellweger now uh what went right for you down there i mean that was a loaded team you couldn't help but play with really really talented players but uh it's it's a skill to fit in the lineup with those guys and, and play well too yeah yeah, I think uh, obviously such a great group and a great team we had there. So, um, yeah, I just tried to play my game. Uh, I'm more of an offensive defenseman. So I, I think uh, my skill set and my, my skating uh, really fit in well with the team there. And, you know, I think I put myself in uh, good positions to to uh, get points and create offense. So, um, yeah, I think uh, – Looking back at the tournament, it it, it was uh, a good tournament, and our team played really well. Yeah, really well. Obviously, yeah. coming back with a gold medal, uh, that's exactly what you wanted to do. And, and individually, yeah. you, you had a really strong and impressive tournament, too. Olin Zellweger is my guest. He's a defenseman with the Everett Silvertips out of the Western Hockey League uh, and draft eligible this year. And this part of the show, Olin, we let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible like you are. And uh, my audience is uh, across North America, so there'll be people, you know, further east uh, that might not recognize your name just yet, or casual NHL fans who will be looking for information on draft eligible players. So, for the benefit of those people, let's uh, let's get some background. 
Uh, we established you're in Fort Saskatchewan now, born and raised? Um, I was born out of Calgary, Alberta, and moved to Bonneville, Alberta um, when I was about three and lived there till about uh, 12 and moved here. Um, and yeah, I have lived in Fort Saskatchewan for past five and a half, six years. All right. So been all over. Yep. Started in Calgary, up to Bonneville. I'm from that Lakeland area, so uh, I know Bonneville really well. Uh, although I'm from Cold Lake, so we in Cold Lake we like to say Bonneville sucks because pretty <laughs> pretty good rivalry between those two towns. It's a yeah. it's the Edmonton Calgary of that area up there. Um, yeah. How how old were you when you first started playing? Um. Well, uh, I had some older brothers who played, so I, I probably put on the uh, the two blade skates when I was uh, three years old. Wow. Yeah. Always a defenseman uh, in your minor hockey career. <clears throat> uh. Not really. I I started as a forward, and I, the coach put me uh, back on defense. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but yeah, I started as a forward and I played D for for a long time now. So well, it's worked out pretty well for you. Um, <laughs> did you ever have to take a turn in net? I know a lot of guys I talk to say you know play novice or something. Not everybody wants to be the goalie, so the the coach might say it's your turn this game. Did you ever have one of those? No, we 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 had set goalies, but in like initiation, right? Um, you know, like a, a player in player gear will go stand on the net and play goalie, and I see. I guess I did that. I, I kind of like goalie. I think it's cool, but but wasn't the right fit for you. All right. No. Uh, yeah. Take me back to the Bantam draft. Uh, you were a second round pick by the uh, the Everett Silver Tips uh, in 2018, so didn't have to wait all that long. Uh, where were you? How did you spend draft day? I know some guys in your draft class were out in Philadelphia. I'm not sure if you were that with that group or not, but uh, were you at school or were you at home? Yep, uh, I was actually in Philadelphia as well. Oh, you were. Um, I wasn't playing on the Western Canadian Selects team, though. I was on a, an American-based team playing there with a few other actual uh, WHL draftees that day. So, yeah, uh, I was just, I finished up a, a game and came off the ice and it was like uh i think it was like the 25th pick about there and i, and I was just got picked and i was in the car on the way back to the hotel so it was pretty exciting and a great day now why were you playing for an american team in philly well we, there was quite a few canadians but i mean um yeah uh they invited me and thought it'd be fun to go there and i knew a few guys going so interesting all right yeah well, it's Everett that selects you. Now, you're an Edmonton guy. Geographically, I guess Portland might be the only further distance uh, franchise in the Western Hockey League. Uh, how'd you feel about, you know, having to move away? Uh, not, I mean, that's a long way from home, but it's also out of the country. Uh, so yeah. it, that's that's got to change things a little bit. What was your initial reaction to that? Um, well, it was, it was an honor to be picked by Everett, and I was excited about that, and I guess then secondly, you're thinking, wow, it, it is quite far. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a huge deal for me. I think, uh, I was just excited to have that opportunity, but you know, my mom and, and my dad a little were, I guess, concerned a bit. It was quite far. So, you know, eventually they, they warmed up to that idea of me moving to the USA to, to play there. Well, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if Everett came here in your rookie season, obviously not this past year, and they won't yeah. this coming season either, no inter-conference inter, yeah. uh, play. So did Everett come here that year? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> we came to Alberta twice. We 
we played um calgary we played every alberta team in alberta so yeah yeah my, my parents got to watch all those games and some of my relatives and and my siblings uh came came to watch me as well so that was good that's good at least you got to play once uh, in front of them here uh have, yeah. have the family been able to get down there to watch you play at all um <clears throat> my my mom and dad have both both came down uh they come down uh quite a bit actually not, not this year obviously but my 16 year old season they were there watching me uh uh quite a few times and my grandparents and one of my uncles actually came as well uh to watch one game on on the weekend so that was pretty cool nice uh, Owen, um, this past season, obviously a, a tough one for everybody. Uh, with the, I mean, the last 15 months have been tough for everybody. But uh, to get that 11 games in and then the World U18, a lot of people would say, well, what do you get out of you know playing 11 games? Obviously for you, you might be the poster child of how beneficial it is because suddenly there are people talking about you as potentially a, a first-round pick. Um, what do you get out of uh, that 11 games and then going to Texas with Canada? Yeah, uh, well, I, I'm just – I've so grateful obviously it's such a great opportunity for me and and obviously other players too who are draft eligible this year and even even player 20 year old players and and older players trying to get contracts it's just it was so important for us and I'm so thankful that we got to play um and and the under 18 was a great event um the, the protocols there were safe and you know everyone the tournament went safe and everyone was healthy. So, um, it was really good. And it was just, like I said, I'm so grateful. And it was such a good opportunity. Now the draft, uh, less than a month away now, what are your nerves like? Are you getting, uh, excited, nervous kind of? Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, that's kind of how I feel. I'm, I'm excited, uh, a little nervous, you, you know, you don't really know who, who's going to pick you, you, but, um, yeah, that, that's the exciting part. So, I know there's no formal NHL combine this year again, just like last year. But uh, teams have been reaching out to players uh, via Zoom and things like that. You get a lot of those calls. Uh, yeah, I've done quite a few so far, and they've all went pretty good. Um, so, unfortunately, no combine, but they're doing the best with what we have. Do they? I imagine the first couple you were probably pretty nervous. Do they kind of get the? You know, you get used to it as they go on, and I don't know how many you've done, but do they almost get repetitive? Are they asking you basically the same stuff? Yeah. Yeah. The first one I had, I was so nervous. I, I remember. Um, but now, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable on there and uh, try to be myself uh, the best I can on through Zoom anyway. Yeah. But yeah, a little repetitive, but all a little bit different. Have you been thinking about the draft uh, much like over the last year? I mean, lots of uncertainty whether the WHL was even going to play at all. So, I mean, back in November, were you concerned at what was going to happen? And, and then when you start playing a little bit, um, was it always on your mind that, uh, you know, a short period of time here on the ice, I got to show what I can do? Um, yeah, I try not to think about it too much. I, I guess it's obviously a goal and it'd be amazing to be drafted. So um, it has been a goal of mine um, since I was obviously a little kid too, so. Um, and the uncertainty uh, factor was, I guess, stressful, but uh, I kind of had hope that we'd play, and I just kept training hard and working hard, uh, so I was ready when eventually we did start. Can you give us a, a self-scouting report to what we should expect to uh, from you on a on a nightly basis? Like, how do you describe yourself as a player? 
Yeah, uh, I think I'm an offensive defenseman. Uh, I think I can play both both sides of the puck. And um, in Everett, I I play all situations. Uh, penalty kill, power play. Um, I think uh, power play is an area I really thrive in. Um, with my my skating and and puck handling allows me to do well there. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of my game and how I play. Well, 13 points. Two of them were goals, 11 assists. But you're playing on the power play. Fair to say that you're you're moving the puck around. You're not necessarily the guy who's unloading the big clapper from the point. Yeah, uh, that's uh, I'm a, more of a passer up there and and uh, skater through the neutral zone and breakouts. So yeah, that that's more my game on the on the power play. Now the sheet I'm looking at says five foot ten, 174 pounds, but uh, that might be old. What are you at now? Uh five ten, 180 pounds, 181, give or take. All right. Do you think you're done growing vertically? Um. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, my dad's about six foot, so uh, maybe another inch or two. That that'd be cool. Um. But you know, it is what it is. I'm pretty used to it now. So. Yeah. Uh. Lastly, uh, you're an Edmonton area guy. Does that mean you grew up an Oiler fan, or were you uh somebody cheering for another club behind enemy lines here? Um. Well, yeah, I've always supported the Oilers. They they weren't my favorite team growing up. So who was that? Uh, growing, yeah, growing up, it was always the uh, Capitals. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Not a ton yeah. of Capitals fans around here. Uh, why? Yeah. Uh, why were you already drawn to Washington? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I I just always liked uh, Ovechkin, sure. my favorite player growing up. So uh, most of my friends. Uh, when I was younger, cheered for Penguins, and I just, I guess, like the Capitals, so right. it was always a rivalry. And well, Olin, listen, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being available in the off season like this. Uh, wish you the best of luck at the draft, and maybe we'll get a chance to see you one day as Everett rolls through town. Although we know it won't be this coming season. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. That was Olin Zellweger, who is uh, here in the Edmonton area. Uh, but plays for the Everett Silver Tips out of the Western Hockey League. And uh, is there a guy who had a bigger jump in uh, from one season to the next than him? I don't know. 12 points as a rookie in 58 games. 13 points in 11 games this year. Uh, I mean, that's that's amazing. And uh, But what he talked about there was more opportunity, so getting some power play time, things like that. Also having a season under his belt. But then goes down to uh, Texas and has eight points in seven games there, helping Canada win gold. Uh, quite the the spring for Olin Zellweger. And as I mentioned, he wasn't a guy that was on my radar much, you know, heading into this season. Um, you know, thought, you know, I knew who he was, of course, but not a guy who I was thinking of as, you know, first or second round kind of player. But now, absolutely. And that's where... Everybody seems to have him pegged as a, a a very possible late first rounder, more likely a second round pick. But um, you know that's that'll be interesting to see. Where five foot ten, one hundred and seventy five, about one hundred and eighty pound Olin Zellweger uh, will be selected. Asked him afterwards about the origin of his name. Uh, he's got a, a Swiss background, so he's got family from Switzerland, also from Germany. Um, but it sounds like Zellweger. And I guess when you now that you say it, it's kind of obvious. Zellweger sounds very Swiss. But I was curious, and uh, and he let me know. All right, Olin was uh, my final guest for this week's episode, so that means it's cleanup time. If you haven't got a bidet yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. 
way better than uh, than life before the uh, bidet in our household. Stop wiping, start washing your butt. It's so much better for you and for the environment. Obviously, you go through way less toilet paper, uh, and it uh, you know it'll pay for itself in the first couple of months just uh, on the savings of toilet paper. Uh, so uh, check out hellotushy.com slash pipeline and you'll get an automatic 10% off just for using that link. Have it shipped to you. Maybe get a couple. Give one to a friend. They'll thank you for it. Just like I need to thank all four of my guests this week uh, who appeared on the program as uh, there was some you know, shuffling to do with the first two interviews with uh, Jesper Wallstead and uh, Francesco Pinelli. So I appreciate their flexibility as well as uh, the teams and agents who help put these interviews in place during the off-season like this can be a complicated thing, so I appreciate the assistance from them. And, of course, uh, Matthew Nyes and Olin Zellweger, who you heard in this segment. Next week on the show, well, I've got it mapped out, but uh, at this time of year, you might have to call an audible at the line. So uh, the next couple of weeks, the plan is that there'll be uh, lots of players, and we'll get into some scouts as well, but next week might, might be the last week for uh, 2021 draft spotlight segments. Uh, that will be the the week ending in July 8th. And then the next two weeks, I've got penciled in right now, lots of scouts. Uh, but uh, there might be time to fit in another uh, guy or two after next week's show. But that's the plan. Knock on wood, it all comes together. But uh, got to be flexible this time of year. Uh, definitely will not be able to get all the players that uh, that I've been wanting to get. Uh, there are some guys who I've just been told uh, not comfortable doing interviews, which actually, I'll be honest, kind of surprised me. Uh, and there's uh, a few guys who just uh, they've been hard to get a hold of. So I have a couple of those particular players uh, still penciled in, uh, but uh, may or may not come to fruition. We'll we'll see. Anyway, if you are sweltering like I am, then uh, take care and uh, hopefully we won't have to sit through this uh, heat wave a whole lot longer it looks like it starts to uh, taper off here at least in the edmonton area uh, over by this weekend uh, so uh, as i'm speaking with you right now i've got three or four more days of this i have never been in plus 37 plus 38 plus 39 temperatures but that's what we're expecting here in edmonton this week uh, so uh, take care drink lots of water uh, stay in the air conditioning if you can if you have it i don't so we're, we're really struggling in this household. But uh, hopefully, I'll see you and talk to you again next week. Uh, until then, my name is Keith Flaming. This has been the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. See ya.